All right. Good evening, everyone. Uh, thank you guys for praying this morning. You can continue praying if you like. Thank you for praying. See, I I had a prayer team, uh, excuse me, a prayer team going this morning <laughs> because I don't trust myself. <laughs> I trust the Lord. <clears throat> and uh, what I what I'd like to do this evening is wait, Raven. Are there any announcements that I need to make or anything like that? Okay. Um, I want to continue with what I with what I mentioned uh, earlier this morning, and I'm going to try to do a, a big picture on it, where Jesus is is speaking to the Jews, and he says, "You search the scriptures because in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they that testify of me." And then he says, and you will not come to me to basically find what you're looking for. And then he goes on to say this. Um, it's in John chapter 5, verse 46. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. There's the testimony about Christ. And he goes on to say, but if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? And then later on in John chapter 14, He's speaking to his disciples and he says this, after a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live. You will live also. And in verse 20, in that day, you will know that I am in my father and you in me and I in you. And so uh, I didn't get to draw any uh, this morning, but I will be drawing some on the chalkboard this evening. And I just wanted to mention that in the scriptures, the Lord he sometimes uses two people as a testimony of his one singular son. And I'll give you an example, a real quick example, is uh, David and Solomon. David is a man after God's own heart. He is also a man of blood, so he's not allowed to build the temple. His son Solomon is allowed to build the temple. So you have this picture with David of Jesus of Nazareth, who came and he basically wrought a victory for the people of God. You have Solomon, King Solomon, his son, who says this, I am risen up in my father's uh, stead. This is, this is a picture of the risen Christ. Now, with, with a testimony, you need two people to do this, but this is just one picture of one son. The son who came... And he was a man of blood. He hung on the cross and he died for us. And this one who died for us was buried and he rose again. And he is Lord of all. And so that's, that's a beautiful picture right there. And the, one, the, the ones that I want to look at this evening are Moses and Joshua. It's the same exact picture. And when I first started... Uh, Looking at this, I I kind of pulled from a, oh my gosh, I don't think I've ever made it that bad. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm not paying attention. 
And at some point while I was here, this, this diagram has been modified by the Lord a whole lot. But if you look at it, it's a horizontal cross. It's what I call the eternal cross. It is what separates what is below from what is above. God is above. Christ is above. And I don't mean like he's up somewhere. No, he is above. Everything else is below. Here's, here's where you, below is where you find time. Like right now, time, seasons, um, seasons, days, natural days, calendars. Above is eternity. Above is Christ himself. And so there's this moment in time where God manifests this eternal cross, where his son was sent of the Father. Okay? And so I'll just kind of continue with our drawing. I don't know if you guys can see that, but that's kind of a square. That's kind of how I learned it, so I keep on with the square. And um, the square basically represents the condition that man entered into when he ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And from God's view, compared to the tree of life, it's the tree of death. And so Adam, who was created to be a testimony of God's son, he marred that testimony. And so the image changed. All right. But that's, you know, God, man is what God has to work with for a testimony. So, so I'm, I'm going to skip a lot of time, a lot of ground to pick up on, on, on this other testimony. Now you have the children of Israel in the land of Egypt, right? They, they came to Egypt. Actually, it was God who brought them to Egypt. Remember earlier? Uh, they, there was a famine in the land, but they came for salvation, and they found their salvation. The whole entire world found their salvation in one man named Joseph. And he is a beautiful, I mean, perfect beginning-to-end testimony of Christ. I mean beginning-to-end, where one man pictures the whole entire testimony. So in Egypt, you have... You have uh, what is not Israel, the Egyptians, the Gentiles. You also have the Israelites. And so in Egypt, you actually have both Jew and Gentile. And Egypt is kind of like a picture of the grave. At least that's the way I've seen it in the scriptures, because with Joseph, his brothers, uh, in testimony, they slay an animal, they put the blood on his coat, they show that bloody coat to the father, the father says, my son is dead. Well, once again, and this, this, this is very important, once again, what do you do with that which is dead? It must be buried. That's what Abraham said. He went to um, some of the inhabitants of the land and he says, let me buy a plot of land that I might bury my dead out of my sight. And this is, this is something of the Lord. And so with that picture with Joseph, what is 
in testimony dead must be buried. So then you see his brothers selling him to the Ishmaelites who are traveling to Egypt. And that's where Joseph stays from that point on until he's resurrected. And that's why it's a beautiful picture of the resurrection. And the first time I saw this, it kind of, it kind of blew me away, but it took... 400 years. Think, think about it. I mean, with the, with the testimony of Jesus with David and Solomon, it was maybe like 80 years, 120, 160 tops. I don't, I don't know. So two, I'll just say 200 years, right? It took 400 years for the Lord to show a testimony of his son, of the resurrection of his son of his son, of the increase of the single seed. uh, I mentioned it earlier uh, this morning, how the Lord took Abraham forth abroad. Remember that? And he said, look now towards the heavens. So at one point, Abraham is down here, and the Lord just brings him up into the heavens, into eternity. He says, look now towards the heaven. Look at that which fills the heavens. So shall your singular seed be. He's speaking of the resurrection of Christ. Basically, at, I, I guess during that time, if you would look up, I mean, there's they call it the dark skies. If you would look up, all you would see was star, star, star everywhere. It's like, no, I can't, I can't see, I can't not see a star. They're there. And then not only that, but he says this also. Uh, he says, as the sands of the seashore, so shall your seed be. And so now... Abraham and I believe the other patriarchs as well, Jacob, excuse me, Isaac and Jacob, they all begin to see the Lord who fills both the heavens and the earth. And did I mention it? I can't remember if I mentioned it this morning. No, it must have been afterwards. Somebody had a bottle of water. And I remember uh, there was there was a time when I thought, well, when you get born again, it's, it's kind of like you've got this bottle of water and there's all this stuff that's just not Jesus. And then God comes over here and he starts pouring Jesus into your bottle, into your vessel, until all of that other stuff is just ousted out. And then all you're left with is Jesus. Well, no, <laughs> it doesn't work like that. It may be like that in the testimony because we're going to, well, Yeah, we may see it with Joshua. You see the children of Israel coming in and taking possession of the land. And you see them, you know, they're winning, they're losing, they're winning, they're losing, back and forth. There's none of that. Remember, Adam corrupted the image of God, right? God made man in his own image to be a testimony of his son. As perfect as a testimony is possible, Adam, by eating from the tree of death, marred that image. So this is what God has to work with to get. He uses a corruptible, imperfect people to show a perfect testimony and picture of his perfect son. That's like a miracle. And so how did I get there? Backtrack. The bottle. The bottle. Thank you. <laughs> I looked over there. The bottle was over there somewhere. At the moment of new birth, God doesn't come and start, you know, 
the process. No, 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 no. I'll see if I can do it because I think I messed my my fingers up. Listen to this. Yeah. Yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> Faster than that, in an instant, immediately, where there was once death, now there's life. I've, I've said it this way. There is reality that comes the moment of new birth. Immediately. I think I, I mentioned it this morning. Uh, when I was born again, it was like a lot of stuff changed. That's when the change came. I just didn't know exactly what changed. Because after that point, I was still dealing with me. Right? Well, okay, I'm the only one with problems. But anyway, <laughs> so I'm still dealing with these issues, and I'm thinking, okay. And so that's where that whole mentality came in of grab the bottle, add more of, add more of Jesus. No, no, that's religion. That's, get this, that's my mind. And once again, from this morning, that is the mind. What did I do? That is the mind of the first man, Adam. That mind, listen, that mind does not got it. You see it? And what I mean by that is that this mind doesn't understand the eternal mind of Christ. In fact, let me see if I can do this. We're like, we're like this. Because God says one thing, and we say, no. Back to the garden. God says, don't eat of that tree. And the day you eat of that tree, you will surely die. Nah. That's my mind. That's your mind. That's the natural mind. Natural mind, corruptible, corruptible mind. The mind that everybody who is not born again has. The mind that is bound to these five senses, especially this one right here. And yet, why do we have these five senses? I mean, think about it. Like an infant from infancy, what do they begin doing? They begin discovering their creation through their five senses. Shall we not discover this new creation by these new senses that God himself has given us? I think Paul said something like the eyes of your understanding to the eyes of your heart enlightened. Yeah. Discovering this new creation. Because I was, I was actually thinking about that uh, this, this afternoon at some point when I was at my house. I thought, wow. See, I don't know about you guys. I spent 20 years dead among the dead. 20 years. I called death life because people would come and witness to me, share Jesus with me, and they would say, Jimmy, God can give you life. And I'm thinking, I already have life. And I'd, I'd say that, and they didn't know what to say. Yeah. Okay, so let me uh, let me figure it out. Uh, he'll give you spiritual life. Well, someone just took on my definition of life, saying, "Okay, Jimmy, you have life, but now you can have this other life." 
That's not how God sees things. Dead in sin. Dead in sin. It requires a miracle of God to come to the graveyard, give us ability to hear his voice, right? If you go to any graveyard, start talking to a corpse, number one, it cannot hear you. Number two, it cannot respond to your voice either. What a miracle of our God. He comes by his spirit, gives us ears to hear, gives a dead corpse the ability to hear the voice of the son of the living God. Not only that, but within hearing that voice is also the power, the ability to be able to respond to that voice for new birth. Both Jew and Gentile, they were both dead. So there was Joseph, 400 years. 400 years later, we see Moses. And when, I'm gonna, I'll backtrack here in a second, but when Moses shows up on the scene and the Lord brings them out of Egypt, right? I don't, I don't even know how many thousands of Israelites came out. I don't know. But according to Pharaoh, his whole workforce just left. Let me rephrase that. His free workforce. Like, what if you're a manager and you've got like, I'll just say a couple thousand. Well, this was several hundred thousand probably. I don't know. A lot. Free labor. You say, I want this. It happens. They just left. But they didn't just leave, bless you. Remember? Because it was one man who went to Egypt, Joseph. And one thing that he told the 12 patriarchs before he died, when the Lord visits you, he will take up my bones and bring me into the land. There's the resurrection. 400 years to show the grandeur, the greatness of this one man of the resurrection, of the power of the resurrection of this one man. So does my wee little brain get it? No. No. The moment that I say with this brain, oh, Lord, I got it. I understand it. I'm using this. That's uh, caused me to come to your river. That's that is scriptural. Because in the scriptures, a river, listen, is living water. It's not stagnant. It's living. Like there's a hierarchy. First, there's living water with the river constantly flowing, you know, never stale, never gunky, never getting, you know, mucky. No, no, no. There's, there's the best source you can have, living water. Then a good well. Why a good well? Well, because... No pun intended. There may be how to do it. There may be an underground stream feeding it, living water. And of course, the last source would be the cisterns, where you just collect the water. Then you got to purify it because it gets mucky if you don't clean it out. You know, jump into the cistern and clean it out twice a year, or whatever, depending on the quality of your water. It's living water. This is this is our savior. Alive. The moment that I, with my natural mind, say, okay, Lord, I got it now. 
That means that I've understood something with my natural mind. And I believe, this is Jimmy. I believe that I've understood something. I believe that I have something, that I completely understand it. What I mean by have is that I'm walking in it. No, that's, if I can understand it with this mind, that means that the greatest thing it could possibly be is a testimony. And the kids know this. The testimony, according to the Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. A lamp. I mean, lamp, light. When do you use a lamp and when do you need a light? You need it during a time of darkness, of nighttime. Remember, in him there is no darkness, there is no night. He is the eternal day. And so this testimony that God always provides, and we'll be looking at it even more here in a second, he always provides this testimony, lamp unto my feet, there you go, motion. He didn't say lamp unto my uh, lazy boy. <laughs> yeah, I just saw him read something at night. No, no, no. Lamp unto my feet, implying a motion, motion, direction, moving, movement. And then he says this, a light unto my path. Every road has a destination. Every road has a destination. Every path has a destination. And the destination of the testimony, well, I don't have it written up there yet, is a person who is God's son. That's it. Once again, Every scripture, every Bible reading, every message, every sermon, every preaching, every teaching, every sign, every miracle, every wonder, oh, every academic learning of the scripture, every cultural context, historical context, every miracle, every healing, everything, if the thing, T-H-I-N-G, if it is of God, then it is, without doubt, designed of God to direct, to turn, to lead, to guide, to bring our heart where we cannot come on our own. We must be brought, always. We must be brought for the moment of new birth, reality. We also must be brought for the light of life, for the knowledge of new birth. Where it is no longer right here, my mind, but as Paul said it, he says, but we have, that's supposed to be the resurrection, a fruitful tree. Paul says, but we have the mind of Christ. Yeah, believe it or not, every single born again believer has the mind of Christ. The reason why is because he's present. It's his mind. I mean, if he's present, then his mind is present. His life is present. His peace is present. His righteousness is present. Everything of God is present in his son. The moment of new birth. God the Father knows this. We're the ones who don't. <laughs> and that's okay. I mean... Uh, no infants in the room. The little kids already already left. You get a, you get an infant. You have to teach them. What's the first words you guys teach them? What is it, mama, papa? They don't even know 
Listen, they don't even know who their parent is. That's just the natural. Remember how I mentioned earlier this morning? We who are born again, unless God the Father makes known to us his son, we don't even know who our father is. We don't even know what he has done. But does that change anything? Does my knowing, here we go again. Where's my pen? It's my pointer. Does my knowing, I'll use this side, does our knowing change anything of the truth? No, it doesn't. No. If it could, if, if my thought could, then you know what that would make me? Greater than the Almighty. Greater than my Creator. That's, that's foolishness. <laughs> Can I, I mean, think about, listen to that. Listen to the arrogance of that. Can I undo what God has done? Can I separate what God has joined the moment of new birth? No. Who am I? What am I? No. But our thoughts like that do not change the truth. We may think they do, they do not. And remember how I was mentioning it earlier, I think it was like this morning, anytime there's a crossing of water, there is an end to one and a beginning of another. Let's pick up with the testimony. So we've got the children of Israel and the Gentiles all dead in Egypt, the house of bondage, where Pharaoh is their master, right? We covered this with the, with the youth. Pharaoh, who has this snake on his forehead, <laughs> I might as well just do it like this. How do you, how do, you do a head of a snake? Kind of like that a little bit. There you go. Mind of the serpent. I mean, don't get mad at me. That's what Jesus said. He told the Jews, hey, look, your father, the devil. Yeah, that's just the way it is. If you're not born again, you, you have a father. He's just not God. So and the only other option is the devil. You know, we would say, oh, no, nah, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. Your father's the devil. If you're not born again, God knows that. But God in his grace and his mercy, he goes to the graveyard and he calls forth the dead out of their tombs. Because now you have Moses, who is, a, who is like a type of uh, Jesus of Nazareth. God, God, I mean, God sends Moses, declaring the gospel. That's what he's doing the whole entire time, declaring the good news of salvation. They may not, I mean, 400 years, you could probably get used to death and say, no, I've, I've got life. Bondage isn't too bad. No, no, no. No, you don't have it good. You don't know what good is until you're born again. There's no good in death. And so here he comes presenting their salvation. And I love this because the Lord comes because the Lord said, I will come and deliver them. Now I'm going to send you, Moses, but I'm going to be with you. And all these, get this, all these miracles, signs, and wonders, catastrophic things, totally showing the power of Pharaoh, powerless, having no power at all. 
completely zero, no power. When Moses shows up with the miracles, signs and wonders, I mean, who can who can say, okay, on such such who is that my is that my phone? It's my phone. I think it's my phone. I don't know. Okay. We're gonna go with it. It's it's in the, if anyone wants to get it, it's in that little deal back there, Raven. <laughs> Just open it up and do something. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I don't know. It's an alarm. I've got them going off all the time. So you've got, you've got, what is it? You've got the sources of this totally being demolished. Yeah, that's my song. Thank you. I know. I know. It's, I told you. I told you I'm totally carnal. <laughs> Thank you, sir. There you go. So, who can say, okay, this time tomorrow, darkness is going to cover this whole entire land, except, except where the Israelites are, except where the Hebrews are. This little, little, little village, darkness everywhere, except here. I mean, who can do that? God can. Right? This time tomorrow... The Nile River that you depend on for your livelihood, right? For your crops, for your sustenance. It's just going to turn to blood and kill everything in it. Who can do that? God can. You have all these miracles, signs, and wonders that God is doing in Egypt, but guess what? They're still in Egypt. I don't know about you guys. Before I was born again, I did experience miracles from God. I would pray. I, I would. I would. I, I mean, I. That's one thing I learned. They had me read the Psalms as a kid, and I was like, "Well, this guy, God answered him." Of course, you know. I guess He can answer me too. I experienced miracles from God, like of provision, of get this, of deliverance from my enemies. You guys remember that movie? What was it? The Warriors? Do you remember that, Tony? No. It was when, during the time when all these gangs were going on. Yeah. Delivered me from my enemies. I didn't even know him. But it's like, well, if God doesn't show up, I'm going to die. And guess what? God showed up and delivered me. It's like, holy mackerel, it works. Yeah, that was the extent of it. It works. Prayer works. Provision. If it is from God, provision is supposed to serve the purpose of God. Man, unfortunately, does not take it to that end. Man says, no, God provided. It's all about provision. Now, that's this mind. All these miracles, signs, and wonders happening in Egypt until God, the perfect timing, says, okay, now, I want you to take a lamb. Every household, take a lamb. Slay the lamb. It has to die. It has to die. Of blood. There has to be blood. Put that blood. Look at that, I got red. Put that blood on the doorposts and on the lintel. Whoops. And then he says, and this is going to be the Passover. 
because I'm going to pass over this entire land. And see, we think we escape the judgment. No, we don't. We don't. It's it's kind of like, think of it this way. It's kind of like Moses in the flood. Excuse me. Thank you, Noah. (laughs) Noah and the flood. It's kind of like Noah and the flood, right? We say, oh, well, Noah, you know, he got into the ark and he was saved. Well, guess what? The same judgment fell on Noah also. I mean, it rained on the ark as much as it rained on the rest of the earth. The only difference is that Noah, Noah was in the ark. But judgment came upon the entire creation. That blood represents that judgment has come to the house already. Remember, that's what the Lord said. Tell Pharaoh, let my son go. There you go. Let my son go. That he, I love this, that he may serve me. There's one who serves the Father. Makes it real easy. One who serves his Father. Who says, the Father has never left me. I always do those things that please him. Never left me. Always do those things that please him. Let my son go that he may serve me, or I will kill your son. And so the Lord says, place the blood on the doorposts and lintel, because I will go throughout the land of Egypt and bring judgment unto death. And this blood represents judgment unto death. When one died, all died. Remember, what do you do with that which is dead? It must be buried. All right, let's keep on going. Here's the Passover, the death of the lamb. Now, I don't know how low I can write this. I'll just do this. I've got to change up some colors here. Perfect lamb. That's where you hear things like from Paul saying, I am crucified with Christ. That didn't make much sense to me when I first read it. It's like, wait, were you there, Paul? I mean, Jesus was crucified. How can you say you were crucified? He brought death to the firstborn. Get this. The father brought death to his firstborn as well. That's what the lamb represents. His name is Jesus. And so then you have this Red Sea, which is the burial, right? The water all baptized into Moses. It's the burial. The waters are parted. And here comes all Israel into the burial. Israel is my son. Here comes the son into the burial. Jesus crucified, dead, now must be buried. But not only that, all the power, look at this, all the power of Egypt. I think, where was it? It's it's a verse in there. It blew me away. It's, um, let's see if I can find it. Something like 600 chariots. No, excuse me, 600 choice chariots 
besides the other. All, I mean, all the chariots, oh, I know I've got it somewhere on here. All the chariots of Pharaoh of Egypt came. Listen, all the power, all the might of Egypt came. All the power, all the might of Pharaoh came to bring the son back into bondage. And so here we go with the pen. When all the children of Israel are up against the Red Sea and they're hedged in, they've got nowhere to go. It's like the first between the first time they're, someone's caught between a rock and a hard place. And you see 600 choice chariots plus the entire army of Pharaoh, the rest of the chariots and his entire army coming down after you. Here we go. They cry out to the Lord, Oh God, help. And there's the frustration. There's the, there's the, the unsettledness of our heart. But I love what the Lord says. I, I, I love this. I love this. He tells Moses, Moses, tell the children of Israel basically this. Remember all this ah, until you see the object you were looking for. And it's like, oh, found my pen. What a terrible carnal example. Moses tells the children of Israel, stand still. He's like, I know you're freaking out. I know this is upsetting you. I know you think you're about to die. You were dead. Now you have life. There's no going back. But anyway, that's what, that's what you think. <laughs> stand still and see the salvation of the Lord the object of faith, and then here comes the sigh of relief. Yes, he does have it all together. Yes, Pharaoh is not in control anymore. Ever. He goes on to say, these Egyptians whom you see today, this force that held you in captivity and in bondage that you see today, you will see again no more forever. Because a new king is present. A new king you will begin to see. And I love it. Now, death, burial, what's next? Somebody Thank you. You were trusting. <laughs> resurrection. Yes. Death, burial, resurrection. And you say, no, they went into the wilderness. Well, that's what. See, when they came out, unfortunately, their hearts still continued with that mind. Though the king, the new king was present, there was a shout of a king among them. They just didn't see him with their natural eye. So what do we have to go by? What we've known all the time. What we see right now. What do you mean the believers in resurrection? That makes no sense. Here we go. Same, look at that, the same mind. No different. That makes no sense to my mind. And yet you see Jesus, when he shows up, he says, do you not, Believe that I am in my Father and the Father in me. 
how can that be? That makes no sense. No, I don't think so. What are you saying? He also says this, I and my father are one. No, wait, I learned in school that one and one is two. No, no, no. That's what you learned with your natural mind. That is all you have known until the Spirit of God begins to teach us. And he doesn't teach us stuff. He teaches us Christ. He presents the Son. He presents the truth who is a person. And so here they are. And I, lo- I love this. This is, it's like Exodus chapter 19, verses like 1 through 4. I'm not good with scriptures. I was reading it earlier. <laughs> Don't be fooled. I've got, I've got this. It's all right there. Um, like It says, three months after the children of Israel left Egypt. Ethan, when did you guys leave your house? Sorry, put you on the spot. I don't mean to do that. Sunday. Sunday? Okay. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. That's three days. Where are you? Where are you? Okay, you know you're not at you know you're not at your house anymore. You're at a different house, right? Perfect. That it just took three three days. And he knows where he's at. God waited three months to solidify something in their hearts. Three months. That's what it says. Three months after the children of Israel came out of Egypt, the Lord says to Moses, tell the children of Israel, you saw what I did to the Egyptians. The whole shebang. He doesn't leave it there. And how that I brought you what we cannot do. I brought you, and I love the imagery that he uses. I brought you on eagle's wings. He didn't say on the back of a chicken. No, on something that takes flight above. Yes, into the heavens. We got a lot of chickens up and down the road, so just watch out while you're driving. How I brought you on eagles' wings, and he just doesn't say it, I brought you and and now you're resurrected. No, 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 no. Resurrection, yes, is unto God himself. Salvation is unto God himself, unto a person. Death, burial, resurrection. That's the picture you see with Moses. Beautiful. In that day, you will know I am in my Father. Because, right, Moses came out first. He did. He did. There was a death. He crossed somebody of water, and there was a burial, you know, with the, with, the, with the single one, death of one, burial of one. And he saw the Lord face to face in a burning bush, death, burial, resurrection. In that day, you will know I am in my Father. Now you have the children of Israel, death, burial, and resurrection, and you are in me. But see, we will not know that with this natural mind. Because this natural mind, this natural mind that we have is bound to our natural senses. And I don't see that. You don't see that. It's like the children of Israel, if they they were in the wilderness. 
What do you mean, Moses? We're, we're raised up, seated together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I don't see that, Moses. What's wrong with you? Well, Moses would say, well, I don't care what you see or you don't see. I see that reality in the face of the resurrection. And that, oh, here we go. This is not my mind. My heart is not submitted to that mind. We're going to be building a tabernacle, and I'm about to give it away, so you guys listen up here. <laughs> this is a freebie. It's a bonus right here. See, God knows the truth. He knows the truth. It's we who don't know the truth, but he sends his spirit to lead us, to guide us into all truth. This is what he does. This is not what we do. Remember, I brought you. I brought you because you just couldn't come on your own. Not for new birth and not for the knowledge of new birth. Right? Not for life and not for the light of life. And so what does the Lord do? Their children of Israel, in their hearts, submitted to a natural mind, they think they're still somewhere down here. We'll just do this. They, they, they think there's a whole body. They think they're somewhere down here in a wilderness. That's not what Moses thinks. Right? Because what did it say? Moses would go up. Okay, so what's going on here? If the one who's received salvation is in resurrection, then what exactly is going up? How about when the Lord, when the heart turns to the Lord, this veil right here of ignorance is removed? How about our heart turning to the Lord? And see, but our heart turning to the Lord doesn't mean my heart turning like looking down here, looking down over there. No, no, no. Once again, the true testimony of the angels. People, why do you seek the living among the dead? Below. He's not here. He's risen. Direct the attention, the eyes above, and you will see him. Oh, oh, yes, you will see him, the one who fills heaven and earth. Okay, so now, yeah, I'm trying to see how to do the rest of the diagram. Pick it, picking up with Joshua, right? Because with Moses, you have Jesus of Nazareth, death, burial, resurrection, right? That's that's what you well, your roundabout way is basically what he said. He wrote of me, death, burial, resurrection. So Moses isn't just a coming out. Moses is actually a coming in, in resurrection. And see, there was a long time I didn't even believe Moses. I didn't even believe the scriptures. Why? My heart submitted here. I'll, I'll do a little heart here. Heart submitted to that mind. And plus it was fed to me by those around me, one day, someday. But it, what is it? One 
natural day, because that's all I know is a natural day. Some natural day, right? And then, and then I thought, well, that makes no sense. Okay, what do I have then? And then, I don't know if you guys have heard this, but I heard it when I was a young believer. Oh, we are in Christ positionally. And that really, has anybody heard that? Positionally. Man, you guys are blessed. I had it, I had it hard. I heard, I mean, that doesn't make sense, does it? Positionally. Okay, so if, if the scriptures declaring reality are positionally for me, that means my salvation is positional. That means I don't have anything. Well, that's just a natural mind trying to figure out the eternal, right? Which cannot know, cannot ascend. See, there's this little eternal cross right here, and this natural mind can get as far as right there. Now, now I will say this. We can develop it. I can go and I can learn all all. Biblical stuff, all this, and I say this because I have. You know? But if I have not seen the face of the resurrection, if I have not seen the face of my salvation, if I have not seen the face of my life, then all I have done up to that point has gone from one degree of ignorance to a greater degree of ignorance. That's it. I mean, think about the Saul of Tarsus, a Hebrew of Hebrews, a Pharisee. I think I read somewhere, forgive me, I do not have a reference. I, I read it once and I didn't write it down and uh, kicked myself ever since. Pharisees were supposed to memorize the Torah, the first five books. I can't even memorize like a paragraph, you know? He knew the scriptures back and forth with this right here. That mind, that mind that does not see the testimony. That mind that does not, well, actually it does because it's a natural mind, natural testimony, but it requires a miracle of God to see Jesus, period. Until God steps in, we're stuck. What do I mean by that? Well, until God steps in, the soul is dead among the dead. The moment of new birth, on eagle's wings unto myself. That is the truth. That is reality. Once again, you cannot undo what God has done. You cannot separate what God has joined. You can't do it. <clears throat> Until the Lord turns the heart we stay with our heart thinking one thing when God declares another. We continue believing our lie when God declares the truth. But it's not a true thing. He declares his son. And that's the difference. So now, now you have Joshua, right? Who, with his whole resurrection body, crosses the Jordan. Another body of water comes. Another testimony, another picture. Crosses the Jordan, 
and takes possession of his inheritance. That's what the Lord said. The land that I will give you. The land that I will give you. The land that I will give you. Joshua, the head, goes in. There's, there's three days that Moses talks about. Let us go, tells Pharaoh, let us go into the wilderness three days that we may sacrifice unto the Lord our God, that we may worship the Lord our God. Three days, three days, three days. That doesn't stop with Moses. No. Here's Joshua. In three days, prepare yourself. We're about to go in. In three days. But what is this? Okay, now we're going to go in. No, no, no. The, Jordan, the waters of the Jordan parted. And he even said that. He said, pull out, pull out 12 stones. I mean, they crossed the Jordan. The waters part. And he says, pull out 12 stones. Put them on, on this side of the Jordan as a memorial. So that in the days to come, when your children ask you, what is this heap of 12 stones doing here? Well, let me tell you. The Lord parted the waters and we came into a new understanding of the Lord. Just as, and it says it that way, just as he parted the waters of the Red Sea. Remember, they were dead among the dead. They came through the waters of the Red Sea into an altogether new creation. Picks up with Joshua. I love it with, with Joshua, and it's, it sounds so savage and brutal because, I mean, it's a testimony. It is savage and brutal. But the Lord says, look, you're going to go into the land. You're going to have no mercy. You're going to go in. You're going to destroy all their high places, all their places of worship, all their, as Brother Arliss was mentioning earlier, all their places of idolatry, the concepts that they have of God. You're going to go in, you're going to cast down, tear down everything and anything that exalts itself against the Lord Jesus Christ. I think that's kind of sort of how Paul said it also. And we think, oh, no. I mean, one of the first thoughts, get this, guys, one of the first thoughts that I had when I was born again was, was this. Why didn't I do this before? I mean, that, that came into my mind. Why didn't I do this before? When the Lord appears, you won't be upset with him. Remember, there, there is an order. Job declared it. The Lord giveth. The Lord giveth. He takes the initiative. The Lord giveth. And in him giving, he takes away. We're just so afraid that he's going to come and take away something from us. No, no, he doesn't do that. He's not the big boogeyman trying to get our candies. No. He's not the big boogeyman trying to get our stinky corpse. No, 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 no. Or as graphically as I put it, sometimes our dung that we see as valuable. No, no, no. He doesn't want our ignorance. He doesn't want it. The Lord giveth. The Lord giveth life, and in him giving life to the soul, the condition of death is taken away, and you are grateful. You are thankful. This is where you begin to sing these songs. Oh, how I love Jesus. I mean, I, 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 did, I, I didn't know before, but my gosh, he is good. His loving kindness 
is everlasting. Does not change, does not waver. Even in our ignorance, when we think he does, even in our ignorance, when we think that he's the big parent with the big, well, I said it earlier, with the big belt and coming to whoop us into shape. No, he doesn't do that. He knows, listen, he knows our life. Who is Christ? He knows our life. Who is his perfect son? He has already what he has always wanted. We just think that he wants something else. He has given us his, listen to this, he has given unto us, unto our soul, the object of his affection, his beloved. And when our hearts, by the Spirit of God, turn unto this one, he begins, as Joshua, to be exalted in our hearts. He begins to be increased in our sight. See, he's already great. He's already, I mean, the resurrection is beyond our natural mind. You cannot fathom his greatness. He is exalted. But in our hearts, in our hearts, this day I will begin, what is it? I know I've got it here somewhere and I'm going to misquote it probably. To exalt you in the sight of all Israel. This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel because they just don't know how great you are. But that doesn't change anything. Because the Father knows how great his Son is. Because the greatness of the Son, the exaltation of the Son in his house. And once this begins, it continues. And when it begins, we begin thanking the Lord yet once again for showing us our salvation, for showing us our life, right? Heart turns to the Lord. Actually, the heart turns to the Lord right here. For showing us our life. We're grateful. We're thankful. Thank you, Lord. Listen. I thought that was my life. That's not my life. 20 years, I thought that was my life. That's not my life. You have always known my life. You have always been pleased with my life. Who is your son? I just didn't know. I just didn't know. A rock of stumbling, stone of offense, but unto them, whoops. Unto him who believes he's precious. Both with Moses and Joshua, there was a day dawning. That's what the Lord told Moses. Go, go into the house, eat the lamb. Do not come out until the day dawns. That's significant. Until the day dawns with Joshua and the morning arose, the day dawned. It's a beautiful testimony. And see, that's just the testimony. I mean, I could I could very well be, who is it, the Queen of Sheba. That's just not even the half of it. The testimony is not even the half of it. 
But what will this testimony do in our hearts? Will it motivate us like it did her? Now, I'm not going to say, okay, go for it. Pepper Alley, let's no, 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 no. No, because that doesn't work. That's just me and my ability, which God says is no ability at all, zero. But it's when the heart begins to respond to the Lord, begins to hear his voice, we begin to cry out, Lord, show me this one. Show me this one. I don't want to be like the children of Israel who said, Moses, no, you go, Moses, because I don't want to lose what I think I've got. I don't want to lose what I'm calling life. And the Lord's like, that's not, that's not your life. I know your life. You just don't know your life. But what you know doesn't change anything. What we know does not change anything. Our ignorance does not change the truth. I think Raven, I don't even know, years back would say this. Our, the security of our salvation is not us. It's him. He's a solid rock. He's not changing. No, it's safe and secure. God knows the truth, regardless if we know the truth or not. But listen, he does not want to leave us. Once again, we're the tabernacle, guys. Listen up. God knew he was in the midst. His people didn't know he was present. God knew he was in the midst. His people didn't know he was present. So he says, begins this way. Let them make me a tabernacle so they can know that I am in the midst. They need something tangible to see. Hey, God will do. Listen, God will do whatever, whenever, however he pleases. He is the Almighty. He has that right. But he does that to turn our hearts, to direct our hearts. Let them build me a tabernacle that they may know that I am in the midst, that I am present. If they need something to look at, I'll give them something to look at. It's a testimony, but the testimony is designed once again to direct our heart, to turn our heart, to bring our heart under the person themselves. And this isn't a one-time thing. It's not like, oh, I saw the Lord. Like Moses with the burning bush. I saw the Lord. I'm good to go. No, 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 no. No, you read with Moses. And Moses, he went up and spoke to God face to face with no veil. You know where the veil is? It's down here below. The time, the time you see Moses with a veil is down here below when he's talking with the people. There is no veil in Christ. Did you know that? And it is the husband who has all power and all authority and all right to remove that veil. You can't do it. I can't do it. The husband does this. And then we see the face of our beloved. So we, just as the disciples did, gather whatever fragments we've gathered and we come and we present them to our Lord that nothing be lost and that he do in our hearts that which he desires to do for his own good pleasure. And we will always be thankful and grateful 
for what he has done, for what he does, and for what he will continue to do. Thy seeing me, and thy seeing me hereafter. That's all I got for this evening. Lord bless, please, please, please. Whatever part of the testimony that sparked your interest, present it to the Spirit of God. Because that's, I mean, that's just a testimony. He's so much greater than the testimony. He's so much greater than the testimony. And the testimony serves that purpose. Lamp unto my feet, light unto my path. Lord bless you guys.